Chuck Brannion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. I like how you don't even turn the microphones up until until you start to turn the music down, like you're afraid that I'm going to... Talk? I'm going to talk. Is that what it is? Would you do that? No. Would you do such a thing? Of course not. I wouldn't. It's really more for my kids. The kids are here, and you never know when there's going to be a loud burst of some sort. What's the problem? Nothing. I don't hear you talk some sort. Hello. Okay, now I do. That's fine. You have to turn it way up. I I think there's something wrong with those headphones, but we'll just talk about that later. I have some mail. Do you? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Are you... I had some mail. I, I had something specific I wanted to talk about that didn't necessarily fit what? with um, any mail that we got. Hang on. Okay, well, you can talk about your thing. This won't take that long. Um, Very simple words. You've got mail. I think, I think I used that one last time. You did, but it's okay. We're moving on. Okay. John Branyan, your use of logic is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That's the first one. That's all it says? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, next. Oh, wait. What's this? A letter for me. So are you going to, are you going to do that in front of every piece of mail? Well, what else am I going to do? I don't know. You could listen. Think, I think I'm only supposed to use this email if I have a question or comment for the podcast. So I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm merely (laughs) writing to say I've been loving the Comedian Next Door podcast ever since you joined the FLF Network. That's a comment, Carl. You're using the email address correctly. Mm-hmm. It took me an episode or two to realize you are in Indiana, and that made it even better because we are too. We are in. Hmm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to announce the name of the city because I don't want to. In the Hoosier State. It's in the Hoosier State somewhere. Uh, and we would love to have your tribe over for dinner. So. Wait, I, I'm not sure that we're being been invited to another enough. table. We're being invited to another table <laughs> and it's not next door, but it's in the same state. I'm not sure if this person has been listening long enough to know how big our tribe is. If she means the entire tribe, if she just the whole means comedy click. Yeah. Oh, you can come to vacay with comics if you're in Indiana. Look at you plugging already. Come up, come on up to Cedar Lake, August 19th through the 22nd. Details at johnbrandon.com. Details at johnbrandon.com. Join us for uh, vacation. Then I hear you're going to a conference in Tennessee, and we are too. Are you going to talk about that conference? Yeah, we'll see you at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference then. That's in uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, which is close to Nashville, in September. September 9th through 11th. It can't get much better. Wait, details at (laughs) flfnetwork.com. It can't get much better. Then you tell me... uh, about the Because I Love You podcast. Oh, did you find it, Carl? Now I have to find time uh, in my week for another fun listen. It's almost too much. Yeah, but it's actually hard to find the Just Because I Love You podcast if you just Google it. Like, I have I have a hard time finding it just saying Just Because I Love You podcast, Four Sisters, 
I have to actually use all of our names, Amanda, Megan, Marla, Tabby, in my Google search. And right. it still is kind of a little bit Well, tricky. it's a new podcast, and we're still trying to find the... Uh, we're still trying to get our legs underneath us on that as far as the product or the uh, promotion goes. Yeah. So maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be on the network someday. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, Rachel Jenkovich put out a really funny video about two reasons why, two, two biblical reasons for uh, women preachers. Did you see it? Um, it's a sidestep. I didn't. What? Am I not being talk, talky talk? You're not okay. talking into the microphone. So that was sarcastic for Jesus, Carl. And I wanted to make sure that we, we got to that. So we've got an invitation for dinner, a standing invitation for dinner. Okay. And All right. Um, let's have dinner at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. Yeah, let's do it. Let's have dinner at Fight, Laugh, Feast, and that'll save you having to prepare a meal for our entire tribe. And then we can talk about whether or not we're going to make the trip to your town. and Unnamed town. To your unnamed town to bring all of our all of our tribe with us. It'll be like... 30 people. <laughs> I thought tribe. you meant the comedy click, which would be even more it than that. It would be even more than that, yeah, if we bring the whole comedy click. But that's going to require travel from yeah, from other countries. Yeah, but here's the thing. We actually haven't had any of the sisters on this podcast yet. So the, it is possible Carla does... Carla, that's the name of your the listener on the yeah, Four Sisters podcast. podcast. Carl may not know exactly how big the tribe is, but Carla, the listener for the Just Because I Love You podcast, would have a better idea of just how much chaos that would entail. We yeah. have to pause at least three or four times per episode usually so that we can like change a diaper or break up a fight or, you know, generally, generally parent the tribe. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Uh, all right. So anyway, that's that's on the table and we may be. We may be going to their table. So you have two, you had two letters. Is there another one? Of course there is. Okay, wait, wait. Jamal, Jamal is here. I think you know about this one. Okay, I'll bite. You misused the word rhetoric during a couple yes. of recent podcasts. Yeah. It's not inherently bad. Yes, it is. It's a tool. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not inherently bad. It's a tool, like a gun. Besides the definition correction, love your podcast. I started my humor re-education with what have you, mm -hmm. and uh, it's been a delight to add your podcast. I also thank Luke for his fight at the hospital and talking through it. We are staring down the same shotgun as my husband enters medicine. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Staring down the same shotgun as my husband enters medicine. Solidarity, Carl. And the abuse conversation. Oh, no, my phone just shut off. The abuse conversation and laugh was delightening. So it, delightening? Uh, <laughs> it was enlightening. You can't even read the mail. Was it, well, I was trying to get back to the fact that you misused the word rhetoric. Are you going to respond to that? Uh, well, I did respond to it. That was actually a Gab comment. So if you follow me on Gab, you can also uh, give me the what for when... I deserve it. And what I said to Carl was, yeah, I was actually aware of that as we were recording that podcast. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're, we're kind of going really strong on rhetoric is bad right now. We're definitely using it with the negative connotation and never really did say that, that you can use rhetoric for noble purposes. Can be used for good. And actually what we're doing when we're teaching people to be funnier is trying to help improve their rhetoric. We're trying to make them easier to listen to and, um, you know, more memorable. <laughs> easier to listen to. Right. It's about style. And, like, we were complaining at the time that style is used in place of substance, which is absolutely objectively wrong and bad. But rhetoric itself 
is not. And I told Carl, I confessed, even while we were recording that podcast, I had a little bit of cognitive dissonance going on as I was thinking to myself. As you were talking, you were like, yeah, this isn't exactly yeah, accurate. Yeah. I, and well, you said it anyway? Yeah. I and we published say, it? Yeah. It was kind of like a, it was a sense that I knew what we were saying and, and Carl knew what we were saying too. But yeah, to be a little more fair and balanced, you would have to, to admit that there were cases where rhetoric could be used for good. We're not trying to just bash rhetoric as, right. a, as a negative thing that you should never do. No, I'm just, I'm bashing the culture in which rhetoric is all anybody has ever. Well, right. And we're also bashing the people who know how to use rhetoric and they're doing it on purpose to be manipulative. Right. But I think, honestly, there are fewer of those left. You think most people are just stupid. That's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Okay. I just wanted to point out that my email said, I love your use of logic. And you were like, shame on you for misusing rhetoric. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. So we yeah. can move on to the next thing now. Is this a thing that you're whirling about? or You could say that I'm whirling about this. Not. Uh, let me do this. Gosh. Peaches in a whirl. Yeah, I, by, by the way, Carl, it's rare that the peaches will actually admit to being in a whirl. So this is I, it's been several times exciting. this week that I've actually had to say point blank to either you or Luke. I've just been like, wow, I'm pretty worked up today. I just <laughs> there's no use. Yeah, hiding last it. week, just a couple of days ago, you were worked up. Yep. Yep, and I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling things deeply right now. So what are you whirling about today? Well, I um, I think that it's just shocking. There have been so many examples this week of people point blank admitting that like their foundational assumptions about reality are different from what mine are. Mm -hmm. Just like basic truth. Yep. And the, the classical word we, for that is epistemology. It's, it, epistemology, it's been an avalanche of of that. We, we have yes. no shortage. We, we could do two dozen yes. examples yes. today. Yes, it's overwhelming how many, like I'm racking my brain even now going, okay, which one of these analogies of these or many? anecdotes yeah. am I going to even bring up into this conversation? Because I, th I think I'll just start with this because this Why was the you? first one that I Why remember. Why did you start with the original thing that's got you whirling? <laughs> I sent this to you and Luke too in our little mini chat telegram group that we have, just the three <laughs> of us. I actually know the person who shared this uh -huh. unironically, right. okay? This is a person who meant every word of this. So this, what we're, what she's about to read, Carl, is a thing that was that was shared On because it was media. meant to be taken seriously. It is a sincere expression yes. of uh, truth. It's, it starts out with my, my friend says, I don't care if I don't know you at all or a little or a lot. Heart, 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 heart. This exclamation point. Okay, so this is what she loves, whether she knows you at, not at all or a little or a lot. <laughs> When so, someday we're going to have to talk about the use of emojis instead of we'll, words. Too, we'll get but, there. All right. When a girl compliments me or comments on my posts, I automatically decide she's my friend. If her name gets brought up later, I'm like, yes, OMG. I love her. I don't care if I don't know her. I respect women that build other women up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I, yep. I read and how many that, likes did she get for oh that? Oh my gosh, twenty of them. Yeah, which and and that's a lot of engagement because she's not a she's not a public figure. Yeah, no, she's just an average she's just an average lady, an average dum dum. And oh my goodness, and I immediately I go, I don't care if she knows me. That's my favorite part. I don't care if she even knows who I am. If she says nice things about me, I will do 
whatever she says. She acknowledges that even if the person isn't around, if her name gets brought up in another conversation with another person, the response will be, OMG, I love her. I love her because she said nice things about me that she doesn't have any idea whether or not they're true. Just like one nice thing, a compliment. You give me a compliment or you comment on my post. <laughs> you just you, comment, you comment on her You post. comment positively on my post and I will, and, and I am your, your lapdog. Yeah. I will forever eat it all up. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, like on one hand, <laughs> there's a lot of introspection there. Like on the one hand, there's some self-awareness. Good for you for being vapid and easily manipulated. Oh my goodness. But it immediately occurred to me, like, why do I not, like I started asking, why do I not do that? And I think it's because I had a father who would tell me, you can't just go blindly with anybody who says beautiful things. Right. You had a father who told you, sometimes people will come around the neighborhood in a white van and offer you ice cream if you get in their truck. And you can't just trust people. That's tricky. Who say nice things to you. They want something from you, you know. You can't just, just because somebody calls you on the phone and says, I hope you're having a wonderful day, ma'am. I just really hope that you, I want to help you. Give me your social security number. Like you can't just, just you because can. they start. You can if they paid you a compliment first. Oh, it's if a person so... says you have beautiful eyes, even according to this lady, even if she's never seen them, it's like you have the most beautiful eyes. Oh, thank you. What's your social security number? Well, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like, that's example number. one. That's anecdote number one. And then I'm thinking of the fact that an, an, another entertainer, another comedian <laughs> on social media, who I don't even follow, but my husband follows, mm-hmm. he posted this week a T-shirt that's up for sale that says, don't be a jerk for Jesus. Stop being a jerk in the name I of Jesus. I didn't know that guy was a comedian. He bills himself as a comedian. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Uh, well, maybe he's doing that ironically. Maybe he's, he's not. Because maybe he's an uber comedian and he is so meta that we haven't even he's caught on. Not, he's not doing it ironically. Okay. He says that he wants the church to stop being so jerky and um, it's time for us to stop hiding behind scripture just because we say, this is the truth. This is what the Bible says. That doesn't mean that we can be jerks. Did he actually say hiding behind scripture? Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm trying to pull it up. Because that would be a t-shirt that I would buy. I'm not hiding behind scripture. Yeah. Um, Pr- proudly hiding it, behind scripture. It was down scripture. in the comments. It said, I, I have a picture of myself, like a caricature of myself cowering underneath a, like a really big Bible and I would just be peering out from underneath it. He said, quote, people don't like me because I speak the truth to them. Nah, dude, people don't like you because you're a big old meanie. And then he said, <laughs> yeah, I've hid behind Jesus while being a jerk before. Lots of times, actually. The times when I've absolutely undeniably been right because, quote, the Bible says it this way. Uh-huh. I didn't really even care about the person on the other end of my words because it wasn't about them being reconciled with God. It was about them knowing they were wrong and I was right. <laughs> right. And that's what I mean by being a jerk in the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, okay. I, I get it. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to make a confession that his... Uh, that his heart wasn't in the right place when he was saying the things he was saying. And that's fine. Yeah. But... Motivation matters. But motivation does matter. Right. To a point... Right, but then, but then uh, you this can is the part. You can say the truth for the wrong reason, and in my opinion, that doesn't invalidate the truth. It doesn't invalidate the truth who, to the person who thinks you're a meanie. It does mean you have to reconcile yourself to God, and you should apologize to the person you were a meanie to, but Maybe. the truth itself still Maybe. matters. 
And uh, down in the comments, the relevant bit came up. One person said, thank you for this. As an LGBT person, I sometimes have a hard feeling, a hard time feeling accepted in predominantly Christian circles because of my family. But people like you... No, no it's because of the scripture, but go ahead. But people like you literally give me faith in humanity. Uh-huh. That's what he said. Yeah. And... Well, you know what faith in humanity will get you? Hell. Right. You will right. go straight to hell and that's if what you Luke put your said. faith in humanity. That's what Luke said. But again, I'm being just struck with the fact that these people are starting with foundationally different assumptions. It's a presuppositional religion that we're dealing with here with the humanism and the encouragement and the compassion and the need for um, support and love. Like all of that is an entire worldview based on the opposite of critical thinking. The opposite of thinking. But it is a framework. It's the foundation upon which this false religion is built. It's the assumption without, without even questioning that being nice to each other is what you do. Right. There's no question. And, There's no, and not uh, speaking the truth is something that you do if you judge that that other person is not ready to hear the truth or or you're saying the truth in a manner that is offensive to them, then you shouldn't say it. And all of these things are assumptions. Those are even further down the, the road assumptions than the one that I'm, well, I'm talking about here. When you say, When you say you literally restore my faith in humanity, most Christians, I would say, don't even hear a red flag with that. Right. They go, oh, that's nice. A right. gay guy thinks he's been encouraged. He's been supported. Right. What a love fest. What they what they translate it in their, in their Christianese, they translate it to, I am leading him closer to Jesus. Yeah, but he's point blank telling them that they, he's not being led to Jesus. Jesus has nothing to do with this. Right. He's, he is happy with you because you have basically... Uh, you've become his lapdog. Right. He you, likes you've jumped you up as into a human. his lap and you've licked his hand. And uh, I have to be careful about my metaphors when I'm talking about an LGBTQ person. Oh, but, my goodness. Uh, right. You complimented him. And now he's like, OMG, I love you. That's right. what that gay guy is now doing. Right. What my hapless friend from school does. Right. Like, oh, heart, 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 heart. You have manipulated me. Right. Into, into, uh, into li- liking, liking you. you as like an individual. You. You're I a like human you. I like. And we have talked about this but yeah the church is calling people to ourselves we are we are now actively standing in the way of jesus we have made ourselves the middleman and we think that people have to like us first right then we can introduce them to jesus right. like humanism is one of the steps on the way to christianity i've had that conversation with a guy who <laughs> right. who won't speak to me anymore um but yeah that was exactly that conversation we need both is right. what he said right. we need christianity and humanism and i asked him what do you need humanism for and he couldn't articulate his point but mm-hmm. what he meant was just what you said that right. they, that people have to like us first or they're never going to like jesus right and that is incorrect so down in the comments luke Luke commented and said, you know, if you, there's a problem here. Your faith should not be in humanity. A person making you feel good does nothing for you eternally. And somebody showed up and said, Luke, jerk. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason that that t-shirt exists. Yeah. And then people like Luke. And then down underneath that, uh, (laughs) 
somebody else. I think it was the person who called Luke a jerk. Nope, different oh. person. And then, and then if you say if you say like we're saying that, that these people are not thoughtful, then they're going to label us a jerk too. But it's not thoughtful to say Luke thoughtful. jerk. It's not thoughtful because they don't even want to be thoughtful. They no. admit they're not looking for debate, but we'll get to that. I'm saying <laughs> down in the thread further, somebody shows up and tags the gay guy and says, "I love you and accept you." Heart rainbow like rainbow hearts, mm-hmm. red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the gay guy responds to her, um, you are an amazing, an amazing human being. Person, yeah. And she says back, <laughs> so are you. So are you. <laughs> they We're are both amazing. No, you are. No, never you are. Met, no, and they're already are. doing the annoying thing that couples who don't really know each other do. <laughs> no, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and I read that, and I was just like, this reminds me of the uh, OMG, I love her quote. I am so grateful that I don't require that in order to function. Yeah, I, I require that my uh, self-esteem and my sense of purpose and identity does not require that fuel in right. order to get me on the road. Right, but this is what I was trying to explain to Nathan, and by the time this this episode comes out. Nathan's house guest episode will have already come out. So you go remember back, Nathan, Carl? Go listen to our conversation with our house guest Nathan Hunter. Um, he he was saying like he wants to sit down, help people unpack stuff, right. help them think through stuff, and I think that's a noble goal. I'm glad there were people in the I world who were helping me when I was on I, that I, trail. I used to think that's what I wanted to do too. Right, but I am. Let's dialogue. I'm convinced that we are so far past that the point where people can do that. I, right. I was trying to help Nathan understand that he's already three steps ahead of people who think that debate itself is, is a wrong. problem. It's Why? Mean. Because it's been deconstructed on purpose with intention. Critical theorists, and that was what we talked about was critical race theory specifically, but critical theorists have been trying to take apart that classical way of the classical epistemology, you know, what we got from the Romans and the Greeks, the philosophers and, you know, Aristotle and Socrates. It's been around for thousands, thousands of, years. of years. Asking questions was an important part of that philosophy. And sitting down and unpacking things with another human to try to find where you both agree and disagree mm-hmm. is no longer part of the religion of our culture. Well, because it's, it's, it's actually... It's actually a sin now right. to do those things because because debate or argument right. are are bad things. They're they're negative. That they're not tolerant. You are not accepting somebody. You're being mean to them. Or to quote a T-shirt that I recently saw, you're being a jerk for Jesus. Right. When you debate people. Right. Debate. I mean, it's just established. You use the word debate. You don't even have to explain. Oh, I'm talking about like mean-spirited debate, or I'm talking about angry yelling debate that includes swear words. No, you just have to words. say debate just, and argument and uh, and anger and wrath and they're riots. They're all the same. And, and, uh, no, no, not riots. And oppress- yeah, they are. No, riots are the language of the oppressed. No, no. R- riots are okay because you're just expressing your feelings in a riot. No, riots are better than debate. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm trying to I'm trying to argue with you, but it's I'm true, realizing that you're right. Yeah, it's true. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's better to set fire to a Wendy's than to tell somebody, "Let's talk about this." Than to invite them to the table <laughs> to talk. Right. Yeah, because right. honestly, if you if you want to offend somebody, uh, yeah, if you want to offend somebody, challenge them to a bait. 
you can set their car on fire and throw right. a brick through their window and they will respect that. Right. To an extent. No, I just, okay. Oh, wow. So I don't actually, um, oh, I just got now. some mail just now. I just got a little piece of mail that just came through. On, really? Yeah. Just now, just in my head. <laughs> oh, in your head. Okay. So we're gonna. I'm gonna read gonna say, some we, mail. We, we always tell Carl the truth, and oh. you didn't actually get mail just now. Well, I mean, it came. It came through in my brain, almost like air mail. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna start? Are you gonna use some rhetoric now to justify the lie that you just told? Let's just imagine together that I <laughs> that a pigeon just tapped on the window. <laughs> And he's All right, carrying in his beak a what small parchment. You, you don't get to play the sound effect. It's actually, it's not okay, it was a text message though. So okay, well then you should that say that. I gotta but I think I'm just going to paraphrase it though because it was there was a conversation recently with a friend of mine who said um, in talking to a boss, her boss, mm-hmm. that um, she was invited to, first of all, to the Unitarian Universalist Church because they believe nothing and everything all at the same time. Which is... And yeah, or to believe was, nothing. To believe everything is to believe nothing. Right, so. right. And she was told, quote, uh, my friend was told by her boss, quote, um, POC, people of color, shouldn't have to do more work to question the intention behind what people are saying to them. People of color, I know I had to read it like three times, and I, I ended people up saying- People of color should not have to do a word more salad. to interpret the intention to question the intentions. To question the intentions. They shouldn't have to do the work to question the intentions of people and what they're saying to them. I would agree with that. I would agree that, that none of us should have to question the intentions. I think that's a distraction. Um, that's not what they're talking about. I She's know. She's saying they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to ask questions I'm, at all. I'm too many steps in front they of They shouldn't again, have to think about stuff. They right. shouldn't have to ask questions. They shouldn't have to do work at all. Because all of that thinky-think stuff is just way too much. And it goes against the religion. This is, again, what I was talking about with Nathan, where I said there were the four um, black teachers from New York who were talking about how, well, white people, they analyze stuff. But uh, black people, they're more just, experiential and relational. Just emote and, and yeah. intu- intuition and yeah. feelings. Yeah. Yep. And it's more, you know, it's more in touch with our, our feelings. So, right. and that's, and the problem with saying that is you can't speak for all black people. Right. When but you the say problem that. with you saying that, what you just did is, is I just spoke for, you're using logic. Right. You're using a, a systematic epistemology that they do not lay claim to. When you, when you take something that you're given here and you try to apply it consistently over there, that's, that's a system or that's a process that they would call white from the outset. Right. It's white to make that assumption. Like right now you're unpacking that quote that was just given to my friend. And you can't do that because unpacking is a process that white people invented 2000 years ago when they were sitting in the right. I Areopagus, understand. You know? and, and forgive me for this because I'm going to have to employ some more logic. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm deeply sorry about this. Uh, but, uh, but that is, um, that is the definition of oppression. It's like, here's my point of view. You must accept this point of view. There mm-hmm. is no other alternative. Any, yeah. any sort of uh, debate or criticism of my point of view is not, is not tolerated. And right. not only is it not tolerated, it is, it is wickedness. It is, 
it is evil and wrong to question my point of view, and yep. you will be punished if you do not stop. And you will be righteously punished. I, it will be correct and good for me to punish you for questioning this right. philosophy. Yep, that's the dark underbelly of this other religion. The idol that is race theory, critical theory in general, um, it, it does have this, it leads to authoritarianism. It is a merciless master, a slave driver, you it's know. Marxism. It's Marxism. And people don't understand what Marxism is, and so when you level that criticism of it, they go, oh, yeah, Marxism, whatever. It's like saying Nazi. You it's know? like it's saying like, meanie. You know, well, it's like everybody says Nazi, you know. Oh, this isn't a Nazi, that's a Nazi, that's a Nazi. And, and so many people have talked about Nazis that we don't know what they are anymore. Right. And, and the same thing with Marxism. And worse, they don't even have a system by which they can go find out. They don't know how to read. They don't know how to ask questions. They well, don't know how to research. Well, and it would be wrong to read. Right. <laughs> it, would be, right. it would be wrong to investigate. Right. Yep. <laughs> Because it requires debate and unpacking. Right. You'd have yep. to unpack something. And doggone it, you're just an amazing person. Why can't we leave it at that? It's it's just really been... You're amazing. It's been a stark, you know, a stark realization this week, re-realization, I guess, that people are that far behind. Um, because you wrote a post today. I did. You wrote a I, post today about Target. I want to read a little bit about it because I think that... Uh, so I wrote today, Carl, you can stop going to church... Go to Target instead. There's groceries at Target. Your church may have a food pantry, but the selection at Target is wider. Target has clothing. Your church might have some hand-me-downs available, but Target has fashionable new clothes. Target is open every day for many hours. Come and go as you please. Church offers a limited number of services, and most of them interrupt your weekend. You can meet new people at Target. Chat with them about the price of socks or color schemes for your kid's birthday party. Build loving relationships by avoiding divisive topics like politics and religion. Nobody judges anyone at Target. If you want to smash open the doors and steal things off the shelves, Target doesn't mind. That's why they have insurance. Most churches draw the line at looting, and when you set fire to a church, you'll be judged like crazy. So it goes on from there. Um, Target lets you keep your religion private. You can be a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Nazi, an atheist, a Satanist, or a combination of all of them. Target won't ask you to explain yourself. There's, a, there's no way that this will happen at church. Church folks will grill you nonstop about what you believe. And if your religious views don't match theirs, they'll want to debate you. Loving people don't debate you. And there are zero sermons at Target. At church, half your time would be spent listening to sermons. If it weren't for your phone, Target is here to serve you. The church tells you that you're supposed to serve others. You. And while it's true that most of the churches in America are feverishly working to be like Target, why wait? Target's right here now. It has everything you need to satisfy your Western religiosity. So sleep in on Sunday, skip church, and go to Target. If you're still unfulfilled and miserable, you can talk to the manager, and he'll fix everything. Mm -hmm. So the gist of it was that uh, Target does a better job. Target does a better telling job. People, what they want to hear of giving people yeah. of meeting people's needs. Yeah, their perceived needs. Their perceived needs. Yeah. The way the church. The way, it, it, this is this is the sort of stuff that the church gets criticized for all the time. Right. You're not, not doing it well. You're not loving us properly. And Target, by that definition of love, Target does a much better job right. of loving people than the church does. Yep. Well, then our church does. There are church, like I said, there's churches racing to right. become more like Target. Yep. Um, Just wait, Carl. Eventually, all the churches in the country will be more like Target. Uh, so this lady writes, 
It is nice, John Branion, going to work at Target and not having to fit into a man-made mold. My coworkers are encouraging to me, even if I do a task differently than they, than they do. We look at reaching a common goal together. The company encourages diversity, and each and each break, my joy of learning about others from around the globe is nice. <clears throat> We are openly, we talk openly without feeling like it's a debate. We mm. talk openly without feeling like it's a debate. Uh, we listen to each other, lift each other up, and sometimes pray together. If we see a co-worker <laughs> who has a need, personal or professional, we as a team strive to help them resolve the situation in ways that improve their life. What an awesome company to work for. They have been more open, encouraging, and compassionate than the majority of people who sit in a church pew. But my views come from someone who is working with people in my community, community. Yeah. and not from an outsider view. I think you're the one with the outsider view. <laughs> I think that might have been a jab at you. Oh, I just don't know. I mean... I don't know what else to do. There you go. She agreed with the post. She agreed with the post, yeah. but yet was borderline hostile. Oh, she wasn't borderline. She angry reacted the okay, post. She, she actually used the angry react at the top. Right. So so she's angry, Yes. but agrees with everything that I said in the post. Well, so what's going angry, on there? You'd be angry too if you had to agree with a person who makes you feel so bad. <laughs> Because you are obviously not uh, one of one of her employees. You're obviously not she, a member she, of her religion. Angry reacted to the post and then came down in the comment section and agreed with it point by point. Right. She reiterated <laughs> it. She repeated I it. I hate that I have to agree with you on this. Yeah, because she knows that you're doing it with an air of, like a, an air of judgment. She re she recognizes that your tone you with that post. You think she detected the satire. Yeah, she knows that you don't think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And she still desperately wants to believe it is a good thing mm -hmm. to just support and love. And OMG, I love Target. Right. OMG. And this is where, the reason that we talk about this on The Comedian Next Door is because this is the point, this is the crucial point, Carl, where you have to make a decision. Are you going to let this woman's angry emotion or angry emoji and hostile comment trigger something in you that says, ooh, I have offended this woman, this good woman who prays with her coworkers at Target. <laughs> so I am going to take my post down or uh, issue an apology or both. I'm going to apologize for saying what I said and take it down um, in order to try to uh, sustain the relationship with this woman who right. I don't know, <laughs> I've never met before. Right. Or am I going to stand by what I said and uh, and take her and let her deal with her reaction? It's I, not my fault that she's triggered. I will tell you how you're going to make that decision. It will depend on what your presuppositional religion is. Do you presuppose that there is a way and a truth and a life, um, an objective reality? that you know before the creation of the world god established logic and there are rules and there is something that you can know that all of us need to know that there, shared there, goal there is something that is true yeah and we can know it are you going to be making your decision from that perspective or are you going to be making it from the perspective that says all of that logic debate truth nonsense is really just white i.e wrong and bad and oppressive and so right well i think that you're 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think even even using the term white is is potentially going to confuse some it's people. Oppressive. They are. see all of the framework that we use to build up the the theology of the scripture. Right, but there are people who are not, maybe not on the FLF network as many, but if this gets out beyond this network, there are people who don't understand when you say, well, that's white. They And, and if they do recognize that it has something to do with CRT or critical race theory, then they're going to, they, they think you're making it up. I just, we just read her comment. Yeah. We, I literally read from you. I only want to be around people who tell me complimentary things. Yeah. I want to go to Target because people support me no matter what I say. Right. And if you agree that that sounds good and nice, she used the word nice twice. If you think that sounds nice, that's your religion. Your religion is a religion based on feelings. It's a, it's a well, religion based that? on if experience. We're gonna, if we're going to label the other thing white, what is the uh, what is the thing that you just described called? What uh, is freedom or liberation? They call it liberation. liberation. Is that anti-racism? It, yes, it's anti-racism, and it's not a framework of itself. It's it's it doesn't have its own set of tenants it's all of its tenants are in opposition it doesn't to, have a label like the the thing that whiteness has a label right whiteness has a label it calls itself anti-whiteness okay. anti-racism i'm saying it derives its entire existence from the fact from that christianity the opposite exists of right of what the truth is right it's just everything that you say it exists as a negative yes everything you say i say the opposite everything yeah. that you do is coming from whiteness that's bad i'm undoing it right all i'm doing is waiting for you to build up a tower and i'm gonna slap it down like right. a 10 month old well we've made we've made that observation dozens of times right. over the years when, when we were talking to the atheists that right. the atheists wait for you to say something so they can tear it down right. and if you ask an atheist to put his point of view on the table or her point of view on the table is say, well, tell me what you believe. They just won't do they it. They don't have anything. Yeah. But yet, all they know is they wait for you to post on Facebook and then they have an emotional reaction to it. Mm -hmm. they, they get angry. Mm -hmm. They don't appreciate the tone. And so they tear you down. And it doesn't even... My favorite thing that they do is they hold you to scripture. Well, sometimes. <laughs> they call you... The, they say the Bible's a book of myths that can be safely discarded. And then when you say something they don't like, they say, well, I thought Jesus told you to love people. Well, the atheists, the atheists do that. But Christians will do that too. And then, and then if you ask them, do you want to have a conversation about like what scripture teaches... Do you want to meet my friend Nathan Hunter? We'll sit down and unpack everything that you're saying right now. No. I don't want to unpack things. Why? Because that feels like debate. It right. feels like logic. I don't feel like logic is what God wants us to have or God wants us to use. It's a man-made, what did she say? Man-made man mold. mold yeah. A man-made mold. And so the, Which is nicely alliterated. It is. But the, the CRT theorists will say that it's you know built on whiteness. And the Christians who want to be more progressive, they say it's it's based on man-made logic or a man-made system. Right. Um, but they have no idea what they're even really saying. Because, again, if you try to unpack it or actually ask them questions, you're already using that thing which they have labeled bad. They have labeled ungodly, man-made, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh so here's we're getting close here. Uh, Amy Grant made a beautiful statement on Hunter Kelly, Kelly's Proud Radio. I didn't even read it. I heard about it, but I didn't even go and look at it. Uh, who loves us more than the one who made us? She then explained that as individuals, uh, the, she then explained that we as individuals are not a surprise to God. Nothing about who we are or what we've done. That's why, to me, it's so important to set a welcome table. 
because I was invited to a table where someone said, don't be afraid, you're loved. Gay, straight, it doesn't matter. She told all those listening that it doesn't matter how we behave, it doesn't matter how we're wired. We're all our best selves when we believe to our core, I'm loved. And then our creativity flourishes. We're like, I'm gonna arrange flowers on your table and my table. And we're loved, we're brave enough to say yes to every good impulse that comes to us. Now, I do not know what in the world Amy Grant actually said. It's okay. a word salad. This is a, I, I don't know. I mean, she, so I don't, I don't want to create, I don't want to put words in Amy's mouth. Are you about to unpack it? I'm about to unpack it. Okay. Well, you're already doing it wrong. Uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> she didn't intend you to analyze it. White people analyze things. And well, I, so I said, that's, that's chapter four, verse 17 of the book of Amy for you Christians who care to look it up. This lady responds, I know who she is and her past. What she said to me is how people should be. Okay, so she didn't even understand what I was saying. This is her, as she said. So we went back and forth and we talked about judgment and she's um, dumb as a stick. Right. Uh, so I, she said, Billy Graham said it best. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge and my job to love. I'm going to repeat that. Yeah. Billy Graham said it best. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to love, or, God, or God's job to judge, my job to love. Now, I have no idea if Billy Graham said that or not. Um, but my response to her was, uh, you know Billy Graham preached a lot of sermons, Right. Yeah. And her response, you always have an expected reply. <laughs> I'm telling you, you are talking to a person. Billy Graham. It doesn't matter about Billy Graham. She doesn't even know who Billy Graham is, probably. She Clearly. probably Googled Christian quote about love or something. Like, she's not using words for the same purpose that you're using them. And even by virtue of unpacking them, trying to use a systematic approach, logic, and, and careful consideration and thought, you're already doing what she does not want you to do because it's against her religion. Right. And so how does this, how do, how does this factor into how we behave here on this podcast, Carl? Well, best I can do is just make fun of somebody who says, yes, I admit, tell me something nice and I will love you. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. And so all of the people who are out there, and there are a lot of them, who are getting ready to pick up their torches and pitchforks and uh, and hurl them at us for being unkind and unloving and not, uh, and, and not warmly walking people to Jesus, we can't. This is what happens when we try to engage them, when we try to debate them, when we try to reason with them, when we right. try to converse with them. They will have none of it. Instead, what they do is they give us bogus Billy Graham quotes about how it's their job to love, and then they'll turn right around and say, God is love. And so they, they don't even get that right. They're not even consistent with their own right. No, because rhetoric. consistency is white. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm trying to explain. And so, so <laughs> our response is, we're just going to laugh at them. Right. We're just going to laugh at them. And that's legitimate, right? I think so. I mean, I don't know what else to do because, yeah, I've, 
I do think there's a time to be a little bit sad and maybe mourning a little bit because again, I know the girl. We can hold those emotions at the same time. We can. I know the girl who said, oh, OMG, I will love you if all you do is tell me, you know, I like your shirt. If all you, if all you do is hold candy out the window, I will get in your van. And I know she's vulnerable. Hell I yeah. know that she's, yeah. she's in danger. I mean, all the time, she's like what the Bible describes. She's broadcasting what you have to do right. to, to manipulate her. Right. She's, she's telling the world on Facebook, here's she, all you have to do. She is like the ladies in me. the Bible. The Bible describes them as gullible women being taken captive by every false teaching. Mm-hmm. She's, she's hanging out of her hanging out the window, you know, waiting for a bus to come past and just decapitate her. And our hope, our sincere hope, after much prayerful consideration and dialogue with our maker, our hope is that maybe a loud, uh, sarcastic voice that's laughing at those people will give them just a moment to go, ooh, they're laughing at me. That doesn't feel good either. I don't, I don't even know that that, I don't even know how much hope I have in that outcome. I don't necessarily think that laughing is going to help a person who is driven by their feelings to come to Christ. I think that our ministry is to encourage those who are in Christ and to say, no, no, you're not the crazy one. Keep going. Stay the course. Logic matters. Debate matters. Truth matters. God is a good master. Their feelings are cruel masters. And we're pointing at them as an example of what we are glad we don't have to deal with anymore. This is what you would be were it not for the grace of God stepping in, filling you with the Holy Spirit, right. and pointing you in the direction of wisdom. Right. This is it's this is the best tale. that you have to hope for right. if you throw away the wisdom of God. And Jesus used parables, you know, as occasionally here, be like this, take this example as something to imitate. And he also used cautionary tales to show people what they needed to be careful not to do. And that's, I think, what this is. I mean, and again, we only used like four of them or five of them. We could yeah, we just, so it's many. so hard to pick. It's so hard to pick, Carl. It creates a lot of anxiety for us when we have all of these examples and they're all equally good. And we're like, oh my gosh, we don't have enough time to cover everything. If you have, if you've seen some examples yourself this week uh, <laughs> or, or any time of people who need to hear Wait yeah, a minute. Next door. That is not the right music. It's not the right music. That's the just because I love you music. Next door at uh Yeah, at next John door johnbrady.com. Hang next on. Next door at johnbrady.com. Send us your send us your examples. There we go. Carl, if if you've had a, a conversation or if you've had somebody deflect a debate, if you've had somebody uh, tell you that you're a wicked person oh. <laughs> for trying to debate them. Next door at johnbrady.com. We'd like to hear about it. Yeah, and you'll see it everywhere. Emotions versus logic. We want to we want to see you at VK with the comics, and we want to see you at the FLF conference, too. So either one of those things. All right, we'll see you next time, Carl. Bye. <laughs> Stay salty. <laughs> Thanks so much for visiting today, Carl. Join the Comedians family at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference this September. More details at flfnetwork.com. We can't wait to meet all our new neighbors. 